0: In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Joshua. If you have a Bible, turn to Joshua chapter 5 and follow along while I read. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gebaeth Haraloth. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children, whom he raised up in their place, that Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant?" And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. In this chapter, we see a good bit going on. And I think uh, what we see most notably here is that consecration is going to need to precede their conquest. Israel is on their way to Jericho to fight a battle that they've already been told they're going to win. But God wants to consecrate them first. Consecration is maybe a fancy word for some that that just means to... uh, be set apart for a special purpose. So if I have a set of fine china in my house that I only use when company comes over, that's been set aside for a special purpose. And God says that his people must be consecrated, set apart for him, for his purposes. And this had to happen before they could experience conquest. After the report from the spies and the crossing over of the Jordan, the people are probably chomping at the bit, ready to go in and fight this battle. Remember, the, the spies had told them how easy it was going to be. They just watched the Jordan River stop its flow. They knew God was with them, and they had to be ready to fight this battle. I'm sure they were very excited. And so what does God do? In typical God fashion, God totally disables his army. He has them take flint knives and circumcise themselves, all of the fighting men. And we understand uh, some things about circumcision, but we may not understand how painful it is for grown men to experience this. If you look back at Genesis chapter 34, there's a very graphic story there where uh, Jacob's daughter Dinah has been uh, uh, dishonored, uh, raped by uh, a man named Shechem. And Simeon and Levi are so upset that they want to get revenge. But when Shechem comes to them and asks to be able to marry Dinah, uh, they tell them, we'll let it happen if you circumcise all the men of your town. Now, they had no plans on letting Dinah marry Shechem, but they did have a plan to destroy the men of the town. And so they had all the men get circumcised. They agreed to it. And three days later, Scripture tells us, while they were still sore, uh, Levi and Simeon go in by themselves and destroy a whole town full of warriors. That is the kind of pain that God (laughs) inflicted on his army. Days later, they still would not be in any condition to fight. God sets this army apart, but he also completely disables it. And God is letting them know that he is wanting to lead an obedient and consecrated army. But we need to understand this isn't a waste of time. This wasn't just uh, some exercise they had to go through to see if they would do it. It, It's actually a training camp. And see, before we go into battle, we need to go through a training camp. If you been listening to the podcast, you know, uh, a few episodes ago, we talked about how any conquest is going to come with a battle. Any claiming of our inheritance is going to come with battle. And and scripture is full uh, of allusions to spiritual warfare and things that go on within us and the external pressures that are on us to not be obedient to God. And so before we go into these battles, we have to prepare ourselves and train for them. And so as this chapter unfolds, I I think we see some things that are important for us to understand. Before we go to Jericho, before we go to fight those battles that God has promised victory in, we need to do a couple of things just like Israel does. And the first is, before we go to Jericho, we have to go public with our identification with God. Circumcision for Israel was an outward display of allegiance. It was a sign of their covenant with God. And for Hebrews, this circumcision was a going public, and it was a constant reminder. There was very little that Hebrew men could do in their lives without being reminded they had been circumcised, set apart for God's purposes. When Paul in the New Testament is talking about Christians. He also mentions a circumcision that Christians go through. He says in Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 11, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith faith and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Paul says baptism for Christians works very much like circumcision did for Israel. It is this public declaration of a connection that we've made with God. in Another place, Paul says it's putting to death the old person that we were and burying them, having a funeral service for them and and letting God raise up something brand new for his purposes. Here in this passage, he says that we're raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. God is at work in these moments of commitment to form us and shape us into the people he wants us to be. See, this going public is necessary. People need to know where we stand. I think that we think when we're in enemy territory that it's often better to be a secret agent. But we need to proudly and boldly wear the uniform of a Christian. We need to put on those clothes that God says makes us brand new. And he describes things like love and mercy and, and, and all of the things that make us or, or give us the character of God. Baptism is our public declaration that those are the clothes that we'll wear. Also, before we go to Jericho, like Israel, we need to go celebrate God's faithful provision. Going into a military conflict, The first question would be, do we have enough resources? God tells them, forget about that for a minute. Go celebrate the Passover. Don't count what you have on hand now. Take inventory of all God has done for you in the past. That should give you confidence to know that you're going to be fine as long as you're with God. Again, going to the Apostle Paul in the New Testament in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 31, Paul writes, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Paul knew what God had taught Israel in this moment. When it is time to go to battle for God. The greatest source of confidence and strength is going to be taking the time to remember all that God's done for us already. It's going to build our faith. It's going to help give us the capacity to step out in faith, knowing that God has always been faithful to us. Our problem is that we often spend more time worrying about the future than thanking God for the past. So, Before we go to Jericho, we must go public with our identification of God, we must go celebrate God's faithful provision, and we must go settle the question of who's in charge. I think oftentimes this is where we mess up. When we're going through our training camp preparing for battle, we don't settle the question of who's in charge. At the end of the chapter here as we read it, Joshua has an encounter with the angel of the Lord. It's a a very imposing figure, and uh, there's a lot of discussion in religious circles and scholarly circles about who this angel of the Lord is. But what we know is that Joshua approaches him and says, I really need to know, are you on our side or are you on their side? And the angel says, well, neither one. I'm part of the army of the Lord. I'm, I'm on God's side. This is important. It's something that we need to understand. And Joshua understood it immediately. As soon as he heard these words, he acknowledged that he was second in command. He fell on his face, and he says, what is it that I need to do? Far too often, we are asking God to bless what we've already decided rather than let him be in charge. We think it's up to us to decide how to fight the battle, and then God has to either pick us or the other side. If we want God to fight our battles, we must invite him as the supreme commander and not as a military advisor. We can't just uh, take his advice and and just dismiss it if we don't like it. We have to let him absolutely command every step we take. He's going to bring us through these battles. He's going to win them for us. But it's only if we pledge allegiance to him and are committed to fighting in his army rather than trying to assemble our own. We have a chance to experience victory in Jesus. We have a chance to to go to the Jerichos of our life and know that God is going to give us victory. But before we fight the battle, before we engage in the warfare, we need to be willing to go public and identify with God. We need to celebrate God's faithful provision, and we need to settle the question of who's in charge. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, CaleraChurchOfChrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.